takes it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Rice! Another spectacular stop! Broussard tees it up and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad you could join us today, and thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, and that does now include YouTube, so check us out there. And if you subscribe, you could watch each episode of this podcast rather than just listen to it. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. We have got a lot to discuss on today's show. The Islanders with a lost weekend. They lost Friday in Edmonton, lost again Saturday evening in Calgary, and before that game started, lost goalie Simeon Varlamov. He is now on the COVID reserve list in COVID protocol. We will talk about the two games, plus what the short-term loss of Varlamov will mean to the Islanders, uh, and some ways you may not expect that it could affect this team. We also have our Islanders' birthday of the day, a goaltender from a little bit more than a decade ago. So let's see if you can guess who that is. If you've got something Islanders-related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, a topic that you'd like us to talk about, please uh, send us an email, the email address LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we are happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I, We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings. And I am live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game. So make sure that uh, you join us. Always great to interact with Islanders fans at any time. And I'll also provide instant insight and analysis during the game. So a rough weekend, to say the least, for the New York Islanders. They lose 3-1 to one on Friday in Edmonton. Uh, just a disappointing game from the standpoint of the, the Oilers, uh, really a team that has struggled defensively, and the Islanders just weren't able to get much going uh, with the puck and, and weren't able to create a lot of scoring chances. And that, needless to say, was frustrating to watch and you're going up against uh, a, a you know a team that we we talked about this on Friday's show that the Islanders may be catching Edmonton at the worst possible moment why because they had just changed coaches and when something like that happens there's usually a a, 
a little bit of a you know a, a, a jolt that a team gets. They feel better about themselves. That you know they feel the need to prove to their new coach how good they are and that they off on the right foot with the new coach. The negativity from the previous coach is gone. And so, you know, this being the first game under a new coach at home for the Oilers, not great for the Islanders to face them. But look, here's the problem. They made Mike Smith look more like Patrick Waugh or Martin Brodeur. Uh, The Islanders did get 38 shots on goal in this game, but only scored one goal. It was a power play tally by Anthony Bevilier. And let's face it, uh, yeah, there were a lot of shots on goal, but not a lot of quality opportunities. And then you just sort of add to the mix the explosiveness of the Edmonton Oilers, your Dreisaitl's, your McDavid's, your Hyman's, and trying to keep those guys in check hard enough you know, they managed, Edmonton had 36 shots on goal, good game uh, overall for Ilya Sorokin, but again, at least one or two of those three goals that he let in, the kind of goals you want back. So you look at the stat sheet, and it's like, oh yeah, Islanders did fine, but then you look at the actual game and, and the actual performance by Ilya Sorokin, and it was okay. It wasn't disastrous, but again, in a low-scoring game, you don't want to allow, uh, you know, soft goals. You just can't afford to do that, and it ends up being what happens. So the Islanders fall three to one, and that was certainly not uh, a, a good overall performance. Again, I think the the theme through both of the games over the weekend. Just that spark that the Islanders did seem to have Wednesday night in Vancouver when Barry Trotz juggled the lines and, and you know, put Cal Clutterbuck on the first line with Barzal and Lee and, you know, moved Anthony Bavillier down to the fourth line with uh, Sezikis and Martin. You know, those kind of moves... They very often do create that short-term spark, and we saw that short-term spark on Wednesday, but because that they are not really ideal uh, combinations that a guy like Cal Clutterbuck isn't suited for first-line duty over the long haul, uh, and a guy like Anthony Bevilier isn't really a fourth-line player, he's probably more of a third-line player, uh, on a on a good team, when you add all of these things up, the new combinations don't always work over the long haul, and they didn't work for the Islanders on Friday. Then Saturday, the Islanders go into Calgary, and already problems uh, with that news. And the, and before the game starts, look, you knew it was a back to back. We knew you had two games, uh, one Friday, one Saturday, both road games. You had to travel in between. So, look, if Sorokin played on Friday, you knew Varlamov was going to get the start on 
Saturday, and Varley led the team out onto the ice for the pregame skate, so it all seemed to make sense. But when the game started, who leads the Islanders out onto the ice and who's in between the pipes? Ilya Sorokin again. Why? Turns out that Simeon Varlamov is in COVID protocols, tested positive, and therefore is unable to end up suiting up. So, look, what does this mean? Let's start with that. What does it mean for the New York Islanders? Well, the fact that he's in Canada means he's got to quarantine for at least five days before he could even travel. So, we already know that Simeon Varlamov will be unavailable to the New York Islanders on Tuesday in Buffalo. That is not going to happen. And he will also be unavailable on Thursday when they host the Boston Bruins. So Sorokin is going to be the guy they lean on. And look, this is not unfamiliar territory. Early in the season when Varlamov was still hurt, uh, Sorokin got all the starts at that point and played pretty well for most of it. And so you know, especially over the short term, that it is likely that you'll see Sorokin. Now, the question then becomes, who's the backup goalie going to be? And, you know, you would think it would either be Jakob Skarek or Corey Schneider. You want to go with the younger guy and maybe give Skarek his first taste of being on an NHL bench. Maybe that would be wise, except Skarek hasn't been playing the last few games for Bridgeport, and while the Bridgeport Islanders haven't officially said he has uh, COVID or is in COVID protocols, that's a real possibility. So it's either going to be Corey Schneider, the veteran, or Ken Appleby. Uh, Knowing the Islanders and the way they think, and Lou Lamorello and Barry Trotz, you're probably going to see Schneider, but overall, uh, it's going to be either Schneider or Appleby coming up to be the backup and barring injury or some other unforeseen circumstances, we're going to see Ilya Sorokin in between the pipes for the Islanders at least for the next two games and probably possibly longer than that, depending on Varlamov's situation. But you know, there are more possible implications of Varley getting COVID. We'll talk about that and talk a little bit about the loss on Saturday to Calgary. So more to get to on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at Built Bar. This is the time of year I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a New Year's resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They are a treat and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors like yummy cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, and banana cream pie. They are so good. These are going to be your new favorite. And all Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, that includes the Puffs. 
And look, they're low calorie, high protein, and high fiber. Most Built Bars contain uh, only 130 calories, just 4 grams of sugar and 4 net carbs while packing 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which has roughly 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. At Built Bar, they are all about the taste. They make it delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. I don't know how they do it, but they pull it off every time. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. It's Super Week, brought to you by Get Upside, and there's no better place to get coverage of the big game than the Locked On NFL podcast. Locked On Bengals and Locked On Rams are in L.A. all week covering the big game. So I wanted to discuss the some of the bigger implications of Simeon Varlamov testing positive for COVID up in Canada. And look, we we started discussing what was happening, you know, for the next couple of games. And one of the Bridgeport goalies will get called up and we'll sort of go from there. But it goes beyond that. Here's the thing, and this is the big concern. And we talked about this in November and December when the Islanders had, you know, seven, eight, nine players in COVID protocols at the same time and the league sort of shut them down for a couple of weeks at a time. Two of the players who did not get COVID during that time, and I think almost everyone else on the Islanders' regular roster has had it, were Ilya Sorokin and Simeon Varlamov. And when you consider that the two goalies are studying film together, possibly, working together with the goalie coach, practicing, going over things together, it is a very real possibility that not only will Simeon Varlamov be out, but it is possible, and I hope it's not going to be the case, but we have to keep an eye on Ilya Sorokin because he was probably a close contact of Simeon Varlamov. And I could tell you right now, the Islanders can get by without one of those two goalies for two, three games, five games even if need be. But if you're talking about going without both Varlamov and Sorokin, and you're relying on Jakub Skarik or Corey Schneider or Ken Appleby to be your NHL goalie, that is not an easy situation for the New York Islanders. And it is something I hope the team doesn't have to deal with I, I try very hard not to be a pessimist. I try to be a realist, try to be a straight shooter and call it as I see it. But as soon as I heard that Varley had tested positive and was in COVID protocol, I said, oh my, what, what, what if Sorokin gets it as well? We have our fingers crossed and certainly we wish Simeon Varlamov a complete and speedy recovery. Odds are he's asymptomatic only because we know he was ready to start the game before he tested positive. Now, that may change. He may develop symptoms. Uh, you know, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, he could develop them, but hopefully he'll be back uh, after the Thursday game, and hopefully Ilya Sorokin does not contract COVID and the Islanders are able to 
uh, dodge another potential bullet in that sense. Meanwhile, Saturday, the Islanders lose 5-2 to two to the Calgary Flames, and this game was a concern. Islanders manage only 21 shots on goal. Very rarely was Jacob Markstrom, the Flames goalie, tested in this one. Ilya Sorokin had to play the back-to-back, didn't know he was starting until just before the game. And again, you know, he gave up five goals and 29 shots, but uh, didn't have his A game. And I guess to a, to an extent, that is to be expected. But, you know, here's here's the bottom line. The Islanders went out on Saturday in a situation where, you know, we talked about there's eight possible points available on this road trip. The Islanders needed to get a minimum of five and realistically at least six out of the eight points to start putting those wins together that they need to get back into the playoff hunt. You already knew you lost Friday night. That made Saturday. You needed to at least get a point, if not two. And the sense of urgency on this team just wasn't there. And I can go up and down the lineup again and talk about the key players on this team. Look, Matthew Barzal, the Islanders' most gifted offensive player, zero shots on goal in this one. Anders Lee, the captain, zero shots on goal in this game. You know, it's okay that Ross Johnston and Matt Martin and Cal Clutterbuck, between them, the three of them had one shot on goal, and that one was by Matty Martz, but you need more than that from guys like Barzal and Lee if you hope to play with the big guys. And let's face it, this year, the Calgary Flames are a deeper and more talented team than others. And yes, the Islanders had a lot of things working against them coming into Saturday's game. They were on a four-game road trip. They were playing back-to-backs. Their goaltender was scratched literally at the last minute before the game was scheduled to start. All of those things work against your hockey team. But the one thing that you have to have and that the Islanders did not have, you've got to go out there and play inspired hockey. There has to be a certain amount of desperation in your game, knowing that you need these points and that you're up against a deep, talented team like the Calgary Flames. They didn't have it. And if you go back over the course of this 60-minute game, Maybe the Islanders were the better team for six, seven minutes of total. There was some parts of the game where it was kind of even. But overall, Calgary clearly was the better team. And the line combinations that Barry Trotz put together, well, he changed them up again later on in the game. Uh, Again, without a lot of success. So, yeah, nice game for Pajot. Two points for him. Noah Dobson with a goal, but he's a minus two. And how about Ryan Pulak? Minus four, Andy Green, minus three in this game. 
But overall, just just a, a flat performance by the New York Islanders. And you can forgive an off game. You can forgive, you know, a team running out of gas to an extent late in the game. But you cannot forgive, cannot forgive that lack of effort. And here's an area, and again, yes, in Calgary, the official scorer may not be as generous, quote-unquote, assigning hits to players as they are on Long Island. But overall, no Islanders forward had more than two hits in this game. And the two hit forwards were J.G. Pajot and Matt Martin. So, you know, there is a problem. No Islanders defenseman had more than one hit. Dobson and Pellick did not get credited with any. So you look at it and you just see the, the little things that teams need to do to win hockey games that show you're, you're engaged and giving you the effort. The Islanders didn't have that in this game. One thing that was impressive, and I got to acknowledge it right now, Noah Dobson, he scored a goal. He had three shots on goal, but he had seven blocked shots, and that is impressive. Uh, Yeah, he was a minus two. Wasn't his best game overall, but seven blocked shots. At least Noah Dobson appeared to be out there and giving that kind of an effort, and that was encouraging. But overall, if the Islanders play the way they did Friday and Saturday, you know, the results speak for themselves, and that's the kind of result they're going to continue to get. We've got more to get to on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. When we come back, we'll have our Islanders birthday of the day. A goalie who was originally drafted by the Rangers, but had two solid seasons for the Isles. If you can guess who it is, uh, let's see if you can get it right. But it's uh, Islanders birthday of the day. That and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at Bet Online. Football may be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. And uh, we are a day late as Sunday was the 37th birthday of former Islanders goaltender Al Montoya. Il Cubano, born in Chicago uh, and was originally drafted in the first round, sixth overall by the New York Rangers after a very solid career at the University of Michigan. Never made it up to the Rangers, made his NHL debut actually with the then Phoenix Coyotes in 2008-2009. Ended up on the Islanders in 2010-2011, and then again in 2011-2012. Later played for Winnipeg, Florida, Montreal, and Edmonton before 
hanging up his professional skates anyway after the 2018-2019 season. All in all, 168 career NHL games for Montoya, a 2.65 career goals against average and a 908 save percentage. And I always enjoy talking to Al Montoya. Had a good sense of humor and uh, a great teammate. And he had some good games for the Islanders on some not so uh, good Islanders teams. We're going to look at one of his better performances. October 13th, 2011 at the Nassau Coliseum. A Columbus Day matinee as the Tampa Bay Lightning come into town. And for the Lightning, Dwayne Rolison, a former Islander, was the starting goaltender, while, of course, Al Montoya was the goalie for the New York Islanders. And the Islanders get on the board very quickly, just 37, uh, 36 seconds in before you've even gotten to your seat. John Tavares, his first of the year, unassisted, and it was one nothing Islanders. But the lightning answer at the 7-10 mark of the opening period, Steven Stamkos, his first from Marc-Andre Bergeron, a former Islander. We were all even at 1-1. Then the Islanders take control of the game. Matt Molson, his first from John Tavares and Mark Eaton at 9-28. 2-1 Islanders. Tavares scoring his second of the game from Matt Molson and P.A. Parento. That was the top line back then. That made it 3-1 Isles at 15-15 of the first. And then Parento, his first from Tavares at 18-39. Islanders with a commanding 4-1 lead after one period. They add to that lead in the second. Michael Grabner, his first from Kyle Oposo at 6.47. And after that, it was all Al Montoya. Montoya making an impressive 34 saves in 35 shots, a 9.71 save percentage. Islanders skate away with a 5-1 win over the visiting Tampa Bay Lightning. And uh, again, a 34-save effort for Al Montoya. He is our Islanders' birthday of the day. We wish him a happy 37th birthday and many, many happy more. Islanders kind of start to run out of time, and uh, this game tomorrow in Buffalo really becomes a must-win for the Islanders tomorrow, we will have a full preview of that game, plus the latest updates on Simeon Varlamov and any other Islander who may uh, be affected by COVID as a result of Varley's positive test. Once again, want to thank everyone for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets. It's your one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert insight and analysis from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And of course, let's go Islanders.